Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 72. Today I'd like to talk about letting go of our insecurities. In particular, I'd like to talk about appearance. Why do we worry so much about what we look like? Do we think others will judge us on our appearance? And what can we do about that? This will lead me on to talking about video making, Facebook. I've got a bit of family news to share as well. And a few resources for those times when life seems to get into a bit of a rut. How can we spark some new learning experiences? I'm sure I'll talk about other things along the way. So I hope you're going to listen to this episode, episode 72. start with appearance. I've been thinking a lot about this recently because I've been making a few videos. Yes, I've got back in front of the camera instead of hiding behind it. I don't know if everybody worries about what they look like, but I do know that when I'm posting photos of myself on my blog or on Facebook, I'm very particular about which ones I choose. I want to give a good image of myself so I can pick and choose photos when I'm posting them. But videos aren't quite so easy. They are much more revealing. Making videos is a whole lot more scary than, say, writing blog posts or even podcasting. I'm just sitting here today and nobody can see what I look like. You can't see that I'm sitting here in my slippers and I haven't gone and brushed my hair and thought about what I'm looking like. But when I make a video, I go to the bathroom, put on a bit of lipstick, brush my hair, look into the mirror and think, do I look okay? What will people think when they see this video? What will they think of me? Will they think I'm old? And I think that's the biggest problem that I'm having. I'm looking older. And it's really hard to come to terms with that. Why should we worry about looking older? I've been thinking and thinking about this. Well, I've been thinking about it for years, actually, ever since I started blogging. And I guess the answer is that if people can see that I'm getting a bit older, will they not relate to me anymore? Will they think, hey, Sue's too old. She doesn't understand where we are in our lives. We don't really want anything to do with her. She's one of the old crowd. Sometimes I want to be 20 years younger, have a trendy name, look trendy. Maybe that kind of person is the person that most people will be able to relate to. Someone fun and, as I said, young and trendy. But that's not me at all. And I've realized that I've got to accept who I am. And if people don't like the way I look, if they think I'm too old to relate to, well, that's just okay. I've got to deal with that. Because if I don't, I'm going to miss out on so many wonderful things that I could be doing, like making videos. Yes, I've had a lot of fun recently getting in front of the camera again. It's been a new challenge. I've had some nice responses from my kind friends. Sometimes I wonder what I'd do without my kind friends. They encourage me and support me every inch of the way. I'm sure they don't mind what I look like at all. I was re-watching a video I'd made the other day, and my first thought was, Oh no, look Sue, look at all those wrinkles around your eyes. 
and then I stopped and I said, "Look how much fun you were having." I think that's far more important than what we look like. I can still share things with people. I can share my enthusiasm for life. It doesn't really matter what I look like, does it? Another reason that I want to overcome this insecurity of mine is because of the lesson it will teach my children. I think it's good for them to see us trying new things and not worrying about what other people might think about us. And we certainly shouldn't let other people stop us from doing the things that we might enjoy, things that are expanding us, that are giving us challenges. I think sometimes that our insecurities are groundless as well. Nobody has ever come along to me and said, "Hey Sue, you look old. I don't want anything to do with you." It's all in my mind, I'm sure. But I wonder if anybody else has those types of insecurities. The ones where other people say, "Hey, you don't have to worry about that," but we still worry about it, and I wonder why we do. Anyway, I am making a big effort. I'm going to let go of this insecurity of mine, because I've been wrestling with it for quite some time now. I guess I've been getting older for quite some time too, and maybe I don't like the way I look, but I do like where I am in life. Because it doesn't matter about getting older, life gets better and better. It just seems to me rather sad that our insides, the way we feel inside, doesn't match the way we look on the outside. Sometimes I think I'm in the wrong body. I've always made a point of being real on my blogs, telling things as they are, as long as I don't invade the privacy of my children. As long as I tell you things which are relevant to your own lives, because if there's no reason for telling you something, I'm sure that it's the wrong thing to tell you. But sharing all my difficulties, which might encourage you to keep on going through those difficult times, maybe that's worth doing. And now I'm going to take one more step towards being real. I'm going to let you see me as I am on my videos. That is, if you want to watch them. You might already know that I've been making a series of videos called "It's Not a Periscope." I think I might have mentioned this in my last podcast, but as it's been a couple of weeks since I made my last podcast, I've forgotten. Maybe I should have listened to it before I sat down here and started recording this episode. I don't really want to repeat everything I say each week because that gets boring. So I'm just going to do a really quick sum up of what I might have already have said. I'm making it's not a periscope videos because I can't periscope because I don't have a smartphone, and I've been having a bit of fun with these videos. I've made three so far. In two of them, I invited viewers to come into our home, and on the third one, which I published a couple of days ago, I take everybody for a walk down the bush tracks where we run, the bush tracks where Sophie and I like to stroll with the dog. The ones where we have lots of ideas as we're walking along. In the last "It's Not a Periscope" video that I made, I took a stroll past the wall where my daughter Imogen made her last music video. She recorded the sound of silence, and that was uploaded to YouTube last week. She chose to film it in front of this storage building in the park. It's a brick building, and it has three green doors. 
and it did make an excellent location for the video. But we had to film Imogen's last video in two parts. We went down early one Friday morning to the park to start recording and halfway through recording, two men arrived in a van. We just ignored them at first because already a walker had arrived and she was joined by a second walker and the garbage man arrived with his truck to empty the bins. So there were a few people around and we just ignored them all and kept on filming. And this is what we intended to do when we saw this van with the two men. But it wasn't possible to ignore them because they were looking directly at us and it was obvious that they were there for some particular reason and that reason was something to do with where we were standing. So I went over and had a chat with them. And it turns out they'd come to paint the doors that Imogen was standing in front of while Sophie was filming her. We just couldn't believe it. These doors had got their first coat of paint months ago and we never imagined that anyone would arrive to give them a second coat. They looked finished to us. And to arrive on the very day that we were using the doors, yes, it didn't seem possible. Bad timing. Well, the men were really friendly. When they heard what we were doing, they said that they would wait for us to finish recording. But that wasn't really possible because we had quite a lot of recording left to do. So Sophie finished filming the take that she was doing, and I continued to chat to the men. They wanted to know exactly what we were up to. I told them about Imogen's YouTube channel and how she was recording the song The Sound of Silence. One of the men took out his notebook and he wanted to know Imogen's name and he actually wrote it down so he could visit YouTube because I told him that the video would be up in a few days' time and he was interested to go and have a look at it. As I told him, he could see his freshly painted doors in Imogen's video. I think also he was interested to uh, see her singing. So we packed up that particular day and went home for breakfast. And we returned last Monday to finish off recording the video. This time, nobody interrupted our video making and we got everything done fairly quickly. And then Sophie and Imogen worked really fast to get the video edited and uploaded to YouTube. I think they did it in a day. And so that video is on YouTube, as I said, The Sound of Silence. I wonder if the painters have visited and had a look at it. I wonder if they think that their doors look good, because I think they look fantastic. They're really glossy. We can see our reflection in them. They were perfect for Imogen's video. Every time we make a video, we're always really excited when it's all come together and we're all viewing it for the first time our premiere. We all sit down together with the computer and have a look at it before we upload it to YouTube. We usually have a meeting after we've made a video to discuss what worked, what didn't work, what we liked, what we could have done better, and what we're really happy about, what we're improving on. And I think that we all agreed that this latest video is our best one yet. I think it's really good to see how everybody is improving on their skills using their skills on a combined project and learning together and seeing results. Yeah, it's a really good experience. I think that Imogen is really developing her on-camera presence. She looks much more relaxed in front of the camera. I think that's just a case of getting used to it. She's always been relaxed as a performer. She performs live a lot and that doesn't worry her at all. 
but standing in front of a camera with sisters all around, maybe passers-by going past as well, is a totally different experience. She has to sing to the camera and not to an audience. She has to pretend we're not there. Sometimes we make it very difficult for her because we mess about a bit. We're laughing and having fun while she's trying to sing. But she seems to cope with that. And Sophie's getting better with the filming of the videos. She's getting a better idea of which camera angles to use. And when it comes to editing the videos, both Sophie and Imogen are getting better at choosing the clips that will go together well. And even I'm improving. I'm getting a taste for fashion. Because that's been my area, advising Imogen on what she should wear for each music video. Also the settings of them. Getting an eye for what would make a good video location. I think my eye is developing as well. Because I was the person who chose the doors. It was a bit unfortunate that those doors needed a second coat of paint. But I think the setting worked really well for this song. The first few hours after Imogen has uploaded her video to YouTube are very exciting. Will people like it? Will she get any response, any good feedback from it? And she did. It seems that people do like her version of The Sound of Silence. But after a couple of days, interest sort of drops. All the people that we know who are interested in her videos have watched, they've left comments, and the number of views drops dramatically. And I was talking about this to Imogen the other day. I said, we need some way of making your music better known, spreading the word through other communities, not just my unschooling community or her friend community, but to the greater world. How do we get out there and tell people about the music that she's producing? Well, my first idea was a Facebook page. Everybody seems to be on Facebook. It's a good way of connecting with people. So Imogen agreed with me. She said, yeah, she thought Facebook was a good idea. So I think it was on Saturday, we created a Facebook page, Imogen Elvis, musician, band. And then we started inviting people to like the page. Now that page is in its early stages at the moment. But I'm hopeful that people will come along and like it and actually want to read more about Imogen and her music and her life. Also, I'm sure she'll post things about other musicians, music in general. So if you are interested in music and would like to support an upcoming unschooling musician, please go over to her Facebook page, Imogen Elvis, and maybe you'll like it. Another thing I was telling Imogen about to do with Facebook is Facebook Live. I wonder if you've heard about that. It's Facebook's latest thing. Direct streaming, broadcasting from your Facebook page or Facebook group so that people can chat to their fans of their Facebook pages uh, in live time. A bit like a Periscope, I think. Facebook's answer to Periscope. So you might put out a post. I'm going to be broadcasting in an hour's time. Send that through the feed. And then anybody who's interested in listening to you watching along might tune in at the appropriate time. And just like Periscope, you can interact with the viewers. And afterwards, when the video is finished, it is saved to your Facebook page or your Facebook group. And it seems that live broadcasts are a great way of connecting with people. 
People like them. They like to see people in their own environment, to hear them live. It does build up a relationship between people and their fans. Fans. That seems such a funny word. I have a Facebook page, but I don't think of the people who like my page as fans. They're my friends. But I guess when you're a musician, musicians have fans. So Imogen might do Facebook Live. She's got a smartphone. All she has to do is download the Facebook Live live streaming app, and she could try it out. While Imogen and I were talking about this, I thought to myself, maybe I should try Facebook Live as well. Another challenge. I always like to think about things. Is this something that I might enjoy doing? Is this something that will give me a new learning experience? So I did a bit of research, and I found out that at the moment, Facebook Live isn't available for personal timelines. And that's where I've been posting all my unschooling stuff. And then I thought, well, I do have a page. I have a Stories of an Unschooling Family Facebook page that I retired quite some months ago. I decided not to post there anymore because I was posting a lot of things, taking a lot of time and effort over doing things on my page, and Facebook wasn't putting my posts in any of my friends' feeds, any of the followers that I have. I found it enormously frustrating. It felt like I was talking to myself, putting links to all these interesting things on my page, and then nobody was seeing them. A waste of effort. But if I can backtrack to Facebook Live for a moment, the interesting thing is that Facebook Live videos are put in lots and lots of feeds. Facebook likes them. They are pushing the live streaming videos. So they have a really great reach. They're making them a priority in people's feeds. I think it's very frustrating also to know that Facebook changes priorities. Sometimes photos are a priority. Other times links are. We really have to keep up with what the current trend is. And the current trend at the moment is for live streaming videos. Anyway, I downloaded the app to my Facebook page, my Stories of an Unschooling Family page, just as an experiment. I just wanted to find out what it was all about. I didn't intend to use it. Well, I couldn't use it because I don't have a smartphone. But I just wanted to see what the possibilities were. Could I download the app to my page? Well, I can download the app to my page, and I have done that, but I haven't tried actually using it. But while I was on my page downloading the app, I had a look at my header. It's a header I made quite some time ago, and it was looking rather old. And I thought to myself, perhaps I should update my header, give my page a whole new look. So that's what I did. So I hopped over to Pink Monkey, and I made myself a new header. I uploaded it, sat back and looked at it, and then I realized something. I had a new look Facebook page that only I could see. Because, of course, as I said, I retired this page a long time ago. It was in an unpublished state. Well, I don't know why I did it, but I got my mouse and I clicked on Publish. And in a second, my stories of an unschooling family page became public again with its new header and its unused Facebook Live app. I no longer have a retired unschooling page. It's now back in action. After I'd republished it, I thought to myself, why did I want to go and do that for again? 
Perhaps I'll be posting stuff and nobody will come over and have a look at it. Perhaps it's all a big waste of time again. But really, deep down, I like my Facebook page. I like being able to put links to various resources on there, share photos, share news, share things that I think that my followers might be interested in. And I'm trying to be positive about the whole thing. Perhaps it will be different this time. People could always go over to my page and they could change the settings. They could ask to have my post put in their feed first. They could also get notifications for my posts if they like. And I could get very clever at posting. I could find out more about Facebook's algorithm. Maybe I can play the game a bit better. And maybe if none of that does work, maybe one day I could get a smartphone. Maybe I could try out live streaming. And those posts definitely will go into all of my followers' feeds. They'll go far and wide from what I've heard. Maybe that's the way to get people's attention. So how do I feel about live streaming? I think it might be a little bit scary. Standing in front of the camera making a video is scary enough. But I can edit myself. I don't really have to put it up on YouTube if I don't like it at all. It's the same with photos. I can choose to post it. I can choose not to post it. I really can't change much about the way I look. But if there's something particularly I don't like about it, then yes, I don't have to publish it. But a live stream event is a totally different situation. Once I start talking, really, I'm out of control. And it gets put onto my Facebook page later. I suppose I could delete it. I don't really know. We can delete all the other posts, so I don't see why we can't delete videos we don't like. But people will see it initially if they've tuned in live. What if people ask me questions I can't answer? What if I stumble and say the wrong thing? What if the lighting is bad and all those wrinkles show up? There's a lot of things to think about. I was talking about this with Imogen, and I did say to her, well, look, I have kind followers. I could always say, this is my first Facebook Live video. Be kind to me. Please ask me only questions that I am sure that I can answer. And I suppose if people do ask me tricky questions, I can always say, I'll think about that one and get back to you. Because, of course, it is always better to delay answering questions if we're not sure how to answer them and then give a good answer later rather than try to answer them on the spot and make a mess of it. I think people do understand about that. So maybe in the future I will do Facebook Live. That idea is just circulating through my head. I don't really know how I'm going to get hold of a smartphone, but my husband's aware that I would like one and he always tries to give me the things that he knows that I would like to have so that I can continue learning. I think it's similar to parents and children. I try to give my children the things that they need to continue their learning experiences. If we can afford to give them the right equipment, we will. Some things are out of our budget, but there are a lot of things such as the camera that we bought at Christmas for Sophie, the mirrorless one that we're all using to make videos that are well worth spending money on. We have used that camera so many times. Yes, that was definitely worth buying. So I am very fortunate. I have a husband who values the work I'm doing, even though it brings in no income whatsoever to our family. 
he does think the things I'm doing are important. He also doesn't mind me spending money on things like equipment and software programs and subscriptions to such places as Podbean so I can keep my blogs, my podcasts, my videos going. I really would like some sort of income to cover all those expenses because it does come out of our family money. And as I've said in previous podcasts, ideas about how I could earn a little bit of money have been circulating around my head. So far, I haven't come up with anything that is producing any money. But yeah, I have a few ideas. Now, before I get on to the resources that I want to share with you, I just have one more thing to do with my blogs and everything that I want to tell you about. And that was my last unscrolling newsletter. Maybe you've already subscribed. Maybe you received it the other day. I have a subscribe button on my blog in the sidebar. Also, there's one on my Facebook page. I don't think I invited you to go over to that page. Stories of an Unschooling Family Facebook page. When I republished that page, I was quite surprised to find out that I still have some followers. I'm sure some people have unfollowed, because what's the point of following a page that is no longer producing anything? But some of my followers are still there, and I've had a couple of nice welcome back comments from them. Anyway, where was I? Um, Facebook button on my Facebook page, I think. I think that's what I was talking about. So if you'd like to connect with me in that way, please do. So that's enough about videos. It's not a periscope, Facebook pages and newsletters. Time for some resources. Now, last week we were all sick. Actually, we're still trying to get over a cold. I hope that it's not affecting my voice too much. I'm quite well, but the effects of colds do linger for a little while. Being unwell was one of the reasons that I didn't record a podcast last week. It's really hard to record anything when I don't sound like me. I'm very conscious of the way I'm sounding. I think it is really irritating listening to people who do sound all stuffed up. So I hope that's not irritating you today. Anyway, being unwell meant that we had a quiet week last week. We got the video made on Monday, despite being unwell. And for the rest of the week, we just stayed home and watched a few documentaries, did quiet things at home. We didn't at first know what to do. We looked at each other and just said, well, what should we do this week? And nobody had any big ideas. I think that happens quite regularly. We have intense learning times where we just follow our noses. Everything is very exciting. We're having lots and lots of interesting experiences. And then one day we sit back and we think, what next? Where should we go next? Nothing sounds appealing. Nothing that we've been doing. We're satisfied with what we've been learning. We want to go in a new direction. So what do we do? Well, what I did last week was I said to the girls, Hey, do you remember when we used to go on overseas trips? What I meant was that I used to find a video about a country on YouTube. And then we would watch that video together. And it always felt like we were taking a trip overseas. I wrote a blog post about this. How the girls and I take a weekly trip overseas. I think maybe I wrote that blog post a couple of years ago. Things go around in circles, I find. We'll do something for a little while. And then we'll move on to something else. But the old ideas 
to come back. And this one occurred to me last week. Would the girls enjoy watching a travel documentary on YouTube with me? There he is, picked up. Yeah, that sounded like a good thing to do. Watching a video tucked up under a blanket in front of the heater when you're not feeling well. We all thought we could cope with that. So I asked the girls where they'd like to go. Gemma Rose wanted to know what the possibilities were. So I went to YouTube and had a look to see what was available. Called out a few country names and she decided that we would go to Iceland. We watched an Ultimate Journeys video on Iceland and it was very, very interesting. A beautiful country. As the girls were watching, I had my computer on my lap and I made a few notes as we were going along. Things that were featured in the video. The animals, the birds, geographical things like the volcanoes and glaciers. I found a few photos of these things to add to my Evernote notebook. We were doing geography and HSIE and maybe even a bit of history. Oh, and there was some science there as well, because of course they were talking about volcanoes. There was a very interesting story about a volcano eruption on one of the islands around Iceland. I don't think it was on the mainland. I think it was on one of the smaller islands. I probably had my head in my Evernote notebook at the time and didn't quite hear the details, but my imagination was certainly captured by this story. There was a village at the foot of this volcano. The village was on the edge of a harbour, and the villagers were all fishermen. And when the volcano started to erupt, most of the villagers left. They evacuated. But a hundred of the men stayed behind to try to defend their village, and also defend their livelihood, because there was a danger that the lava from the volcano would close the harbour. And if it did that, they wouldn't be able to get out with their boats and fish. And I wondered, how can 100 men defend a village from a volcano? First of all, they tried to sweep off all the ash that was falling on the houses in the village. And after a while, they realized that that wasn't working. The ash was being deposited too quickly. And then they had this brilliant idea. They rigged up a series of tubes. I think one of the men was a welder. And what they did was... They sprayed seawater from the harbour onto the lava as it was flowing down. And they actually managed to stop the lava flow. It didn't reach the harbour. And I think this is rather remarkable. 100 men fighting a volcano. And it reminds me of people here, firefighters fighting the bushfires. How can so few people fight an enormous bushfire? And of course they always do. People have courage. People have skills. They go out there to save our homes. Sometimes, of course, houses are lost. But man always wins in the end. They always get the fires under control. Rather remarkable. So I really identified with this story. After we finished watching this particular video, I had to look for some other videos on the same subject. And in particular, I wanted to find one on the volcano that erupted in 2010. The volcano has a long name I can't pronounce. I won't even try. But I think everybody probably remembers the volcano and how the ash from that volcano caused problems for quite a lot of the European countries. We all remember when friends were over in Europe 
and they were stuck at airports because no planes could fly. The visibility was affected by the ash. I think also that the ash contains jagged particles which can damage planes. So we remember hearing and reading about this volcano when it erupted six years ago. Since then, people have made documentaries about it, and we watched one of these. It didn't take us very long to get from the stage of wondering what we wanted to learn about next to going on another exciting learning experience. One thing led to another, and we're in a volcano mood at the moment now. If you're a long-time listener of this podcast, you won't be surprised to hear that I began to wonder if there is any real-life maths associated with volcanoes. I did a bit of googling. I actually found some fact sheets about volcanoes with lots of figures in them, lots of numbers. For example, do you know that 20% of people live in volcano danger zones? Yes. 20% of all people in the world live in an area that could be affected by a volcano. That sounds like rather a lot of people to me. They actually put down the number of people that represents. And that set me wondering, what was the world's population when that fact list was put together? And what is the world's population today? I pondered this question with my girls. Sophie was very interested in it. She wanted to go and find out. She also didn't mind finding out what 20% of the world's population is, the exact number of people that represents. No, Jim Rose didn't really want to know. I'm afraid I haven't been very successful in tempting her to like maths. Sometimes people who have been unschooling for a long time still have little worries at the back of their minds about such things as this. Will Jim Rose really learn all the maths that she will need to know. One thing that I've been thinking about this week, and I do deep down believe that, yes, she will learn all the maths she needs to know. She might not like maths. She might not learn as much maths as I would like her to know. She might not enjoy it like Sophie and I do, but she will pick up her basic maths facts. Because I do believe when we have a need We go out there looking for the information and we learn it. And that's a valuable way of learning. But I had this thought the other day. Perhaps Gemma Rose isn't learning her maths facts very quickly because she's too resourceful. She doesn't need to know much maths because she's found a way of coping without basic maths. And that is, she relies on Sophie. She asks Sophie what the answer is. Or if I ask a general question, she waits for Sophie to answer it. I wonder if this is a problem and what to do about it. Because kids can find ways around things. They really are very clever at doing this. I know that when Sophie isn't around, Jim Rose will have to make the effort all on her own, and she will learn. I am, though, still trying to tempt her with maths. I would really like her to like it. So I'm not giving up. I'm trying to be detached about it. Keep offering. But don't worry when she refuses. And this brings me to another resource that I found, a maths one. It's called Bedtime Math. That's the website name. And each day they post a math story or a maths story. They are real life stories and many of them are current stories, things that are in the news at the moment. 
For example, the one I was reading today was about the Indy 500 motor car race. I assume that race happened over the weekend. It's Monday here. I'm recording this on a Monday. For each story, there are a few questions at the end. And these questions are maths problems. And they're designed for preschool children up to upper primary school, I imagine. And even though we're a bit older than that, I'm a lot older than that. You've probably gathered that by now by watching my videos. We still like the website. Well, Sophie and I like it. I'm still trying to tempt Gemma Rose with it. Actually, it's become one of my favourite sites. I've been dipping into all the posts here and there, following the links, because each post is linked to the real-life story. Did you know that there's a new ocean liner called the Harmony of the Seas, and it's making its first voyage? It left Southampton not so long ago, Southampton in Britain. Well, I didn't know about this new cruise ship until I went to bedtime math the other day and read about it. I followed the link to a news site which had oh, loads and loads of photos of the cruise ship, lots of facts and figures. I got engrossed in the story. I don't really think I would like to travel on it because I'm not that type of person, but I did like reading about it. So maybe that's a site that you might like to investigate too. The idea behind it is that we visit the site every day, I think there's also an app, and read the story to our children, and then they can answer the questions at the end of the story. But I don't think I'm going to use the site like that. I like to use sites the way I like to use them an unschooly way. I will probably read the stories for myself because I'm interested in them. I might say to the girls, hey, did you know that there's a new ocean liner? It's even bigger than the Titanic and the Queen Mary. And I think there was another one. Was it called the Elizabeth II? I'm not quite sure. Yes, there have been three ocean liners longer than the Titanic. And at the moment, it's the biggest one in the world. And saying that, the girls might come along and have a look at this story with me. I might say, would you like me to read it out to you? Shall we follow the link? Maybe they'd also be interested in looking at the problems. They're not very difficult problems because they're aimed at primary school children, so they might just be a bit of fun for us. But of course, I'm not going to make my kids do them every day. But it's amazing what kids are interested in if we are interested in them first. All we have to do is issue an invitation, show a bit of enthusiasm, and they might come, sit by us, and have a look as well. There's also another real-life math site that's very similar to this, but it has problems for older children as well as the younger ones, and that is Yummy Math, and I have mentioned this before. We like all the real-life stories on that site as well. We're not so keen on the worksheets. We don't do them. But it's good to go to these websites, just dip into them, browse through some of the pages, take what we like, ignore the rest. So I think that's all I wanted to share with you today. I hope that you find some of those resources interesting and helpful. So I think I might wrap up my podcast, go and see what my girls have been doing. Sophie and Gemma Rose are actually having a writing session with older sister Imogen. Because you might remember that Imogen, as well as being a musician, is also a writer. She has a degree in professional writing and publishing. And she's trying out a few ideas with them, trying to inspire them and help them with their own writing. 
She was just doing that with Gemma Rose to start with. And then yesterday, Sophie said, do you think I could join in too? I would like to hear what Imogen has to say. She probably has some great ideas about how I can plan my next Camp NaNoWriMo novel. Because Camp NaNoWriMo is fast approaching. Another month and the girls will be writing novels again. So I'm going to put together some show notes for this episode, add those resources and other things that I've been involved with in the last week or so. Please come over to my Facebook page, Stories of an Unschooling Family. You can also find me on Instagram and Pinterest, YouTube, of course, and my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you all have a good week, and until next time, trust, respect, and love unconditionally. Thank you.